It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony, you just knew that after that, like I came into the show in such a good positive mood. We had a contentious hour of calls, which is fine. It's good radio. People seem to enjoy it. Then you had to, you had to hit me with a little trombone shorty. Just had get, to, get man. The vibes had to do right. right. Get the vibes right. Much appreciated. Speaking of great vibes, speaking of great time, what better than Michael Phillips? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Miguel joins us now, of course, on the guest line. Uh, you can listen to him 910 The Fan each and every weekday on the free Odyssey app, 10 a.m. to noon on 910 The Fan in Richmond. Michael, how are you, sir? Boy, I feel like that was a lot of hype. I don't know if I'll be able to live up to that or not. I'll do my best. Uh, that's all we really want out of you is your best, and we'll, we'll frankly live with the results. You can take that <laughs> however you want it because that sounded incredibly mean now that I hear it come out of my own mouth. <laughs> I, I shall give my all, and my all is all I have to give. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, Michael, w- I'm going to ask you uh, the same two questions to, as a starting point here for our conversation that I asked the callers in the last hour, which is, what have you made of the process so far for the head coaching search? And who is your favorite to land as the commander's head coach? Uh, ben Johnson, obviously. I don't think I'm breaking any new ground there. I think he's the clear favorite at this juncture. I don't think it's a, you know, it's not a done deal until there's pen to paper. Uh, I would say the one obstacle at this point, potentially, is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons do seem to have zeroed in on Bill Belichick. Um, but, you know, things could things could happen there. That's a guy who is going to want a pretty elaborate agreement in place, is going to have a list of demands, is going to see things a certain way. And if things fall apart at the 11th hour there, uh, it sends everybody back into a game of musical chairs, right? And maybe Atlanta decides, you know, that Johnson's the guy for them. And, you know, all of a sudden everything goes into chaos. That said, I think this is an attractive job. I think he wants the job. I think they want him to have the job. Uh, I think the process has gone as smoothly and as quietly as you could hope for, Craig. We don't, you know, not a lot of it has has taken place in public, has transpired in public. Uh, I think that's a great thing. Um, you know, I, I, we talk about, like, recency bias, right? Like, you know, a, being biased by things that happen. I do think Dan Quinn is a, a solid candidate who had a really bad day on national TV. Uh, I also think the Ravens defensive guys are having phenomenal days on national TV. So I, I try not to get too caught up in all that, but uh, I, I think at the end of the day, you're, you're looking to Detroit on this one. No, I agree with you. And I, I think that, you know, what you said there at the end is really important is like the, what we see on TV is the resume. The resume gets you in the door. The interview gets you the job. Yeah. And my question would be, is there anybody that you think could come out of one of these interviews or have you heard, even better, Michael, reporting? Hey, hey, have you hey, heard, hey. especially in these in-person interviews, these second rounds or what came out of the virtuals that somebody set themselves up with another really good interview to potentially pass Johnson in this process, whether it is a Dan Quinn or Raheem Morris, uh, Aaron Glenn's going to get interviewed uh, after or before at the same time as roughly Johnson next week when the commander's brass flies to Detroit. Uh, to do those interviews. So, like, what is there anybody else that you would say, like, hey, with a really good interview, like, that person wouldn't surprise me? Yeah, if I'm sprinkling chips around the roulette board, right, I, I want a couple on Raheem Morris. That's a guy who's just really impressive. Um, and, and not only that, we, we talk about this being a thorough process, and this is a thorough process, by the way. 
Myers and Spielman and Harris and all these guys, um, they're going to talk to a lot of people and they're going to gather a lot of information. And the more information they gather, you know this, Greg, the more they're going to like Raheem Morris. Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to like there. Players love playing for him. And that's not to say they won't like what they hear about Ben Johnson. They're going to like what they hear about him too. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of people really banging the drum for Raheem Morris in a way. And I don't want this to sound comparative, um, but it kind of is, I guess. In you know, this is like part two of what you heard about Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, right? They they really want him to get that job, but it just feels like there's more people going louder for Raheem Morris. Like, hey, this is a guy who needs to be an NFL head coach and and deserves a second opportunity um, and is ready and qualified for that opportunity. Uh, I think he will impress in the interview. Um, by all accounts, uh, Eric Bieniemy impressed in his interview. Um, I don't think he's a serious contender for the job. Uh, I I think that is for reasons that don't involve his qualifications or non-qualifications for the job, just reasons that involve it's time for a fresh start here. And he just got caught up in a bad season at a bad time. Uh, I, I hope he gets another opportunity in the league. Uh, you know, he's interviewed with 16 teams now for an NFL head coaching spot. Uh, I got to think his number will get called eventually, but uh, you know, it looks like it may not be in this cycle. Yeah, no, I, I think that's another good point. We part of our intense calls of the last hour was about, mostly about the enemy, and um, that is something that I wish I brought up as well. Is like the fresh start thing. I think it's very, very real here, and you know that's another knock against Eric. That's not necessarily his fault, um, but it is a reality of the situation. Um, for Morris, too, another quick sidebar. Like I think Raheem is a good reminder to all of these coaches to not take the Carolina job. You don't, <laughs> yeah. Like Raheem Morris having been a head coach in Tampa is hurting him more than it is helping him. And it's a reminder that taking the first job offer you get that is available, if you truly think that you can get another one, might not be. And this is like good life advice. Don't just take the first offer when it comes. Take the right offer. Because I, I think that if Raheem Morris hadn't been the head coach in Tampa all those years ago when he was 31 years old or whatever he was, then he like he wouldn't be available for the commanders to even consider right now because he'd be a head coach somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, co-sign that to Mike McDonald in Baltimore, right? Like, all this guy does is shred Kyle Shanahan offenses. It's incredible. Like, I mean, this is the hottest offensive program going in the NFL. Everybody's trying to get a piece of the Shanahan offense. McVay's running it. LaFleur's running it. Bobby Sloak's running it in Houston. All this guy does is shred those offenses every time he plays them. He, he's 36. He's young, he's hot, he's only going to be hotter. Imagine if he bottles up Mahomes after bottling up, you know, San Francisco on national TV. Don't take a job just because you're offered a job. There will be opportunities for you. Don't you worry about that, buddy. So let's play the game then. Let's let's go around the NFL. Do uh, we just get to, you know, I'm going to embrace your radio hostness now instead of your reporter. Oh, uh, there we go. I love it. Uh, Michael Phillips with us, of course, MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, 10 a.m. to noon daily in Richmond. And you can listen to his show on the free Odyssey app. So let's, let's dot the map. Uh, ben Johnson's the prediction here. What about Atlanta? Do you think it's Belichick? It seems like that's uh, I'll go headed. Belichick in Atlanta and Harbaugh to Los Angeles. Okay. I think those are the two kind of most obvious ones. Okay, so that leaves Tennessee now uh, covered. Uh, Brian Callahan, who, by yeah. the way, good hire for them. They weren't probably going to get Johnson. They weren't going to get McDonald. They weren't going to get the top, top guys. Callahan's a really good coach. Um, and by the way, now every single, whether it's due to promotion or firing, every single team in the NFL has changed offensive coordinators since 2022. 
Isn't that incredible? And I'll, I'll zoom in on that point before we get back to the game. You're either an offensive coordinator who's calling plays, and that means if you're good, you get to be a head coach, or you're an offensive coordinator and you work under somebody calling plays, which means you got to get out of there and start calling plays so you can be a head coach. There, there's really no, no in-between. There's no room for the Wade Phillips veteran offensive coordinator who just oversees things that that guy doesn't exist right now. No, the closest one is probably uh, Brian Schottenheimer in Dallas. I've, that, that's who's down there, right? With, uh, with McCarthy. Uh, you know, his travails are legendary, but uh, you know that the fact that he's never even gotten a sniff probably tells you what you need to know there. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of doing the, I'm never going to get a head coach supervision, uh, not calling plays bit. Um, all right. So Seattle is then the next job. Who do we think I'm, winds up in Seattle? I'm really – that's the one I'm most intrigued by. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll knock out Carolina for you, Aaron Glenn. Um, I, I just think Carolina is going to be the one – look, the reputation is the reputation. We, we saw that with, with everything going on here with Ron Rivera's hire, with Jay Gruden's hire. The top names didn't want to come to Washington. The top names don't want to work for Tepper right now in Carolina. Uh, that, that's, not, that's not intended to disrespect – Aaron Glenn, who's done some great things, but I, I, if he senses this is his year to jump, I think that's the place he ultimately jumps to. Um, so hold on, real quick, I'll double click yeah. on that real quick. Yeah, I don't disagree it. with that because I think it is important to remember that Aaron Glenn was like a game from getting fired in the middle of last year, and they it turned it around like, and have been yeah. incredible since. But like, I don't know, like Aaron Glenn being a hot name a year from now isn't as guaranteed, I think, as Mike McDonald. That is exactly the point I was making, so thank you for making it better than me. If you sense this is your moment and the, the skillet is red hot and you got to go, you got to go, man. Go go get your money. Uh, I don't blame you for putting bread on the table. For sure. All right, so that leaves Seattle. That leaves Seattle. I, I think the obvious answer is Dan Quinn because of the ties. I, I don't know. I could see them really going off the board here. I could see them going for a Mike McDonald. I could see them going – for a Bobby Slovak, and let's just have a division of Kyle Shanahan disciples uh, up and down. Uh, we haven't heard from Mike Rabel. Is he potentially a good fit as a culture guy in what was a culture team for a decade and a half under Pete Carroll? Uh, I am most intrigued by that one. I'd be curious who you got. Yeah, I think Quinn is is definitely intriguing there. Slovak is also intriguing. I don't know that Vrabel in Seattle is a fit. Like It's a culture thing, but it's a different culture. Like, Pete Carroll built a culture of competitiveness and fun. What about anybody from the Belichick tree says fun? And now, Vrabel definitely has shown a fun side. Some of his interviews with, like, Will Compton on the bus, for instance. There is a fun side there, but I think it's a very different kind of atmosphere than what Pete Carroll built, and that is a priority for John Schneider, the GM up there, is to keep kind of the culture that uh, Pete in Seattle, or Pete had built there. Oh, no question. You know, this is not let's rebuild, let's go for something new, right? All, all coaching searches are fundamentally one of two things, Craig. They're either let's find what we had and keep it rolling or let's find the opposite of what we had because what we had sucked. And um, Seattle search is absolutely let's find what we had and keep it rolling, right? New England search was that. Let's find another Belichick. We got one on staff. Let's grab him. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Washington search is let's find the opposite. And uh, off they go to find the opposite. Uh, I, I think Seattle could be a real wild card. Um, I, you know, I, I would guess the field, if you gave me the big names or, or names not on the board, but if we got a pick from the big names, I, it, it's hard not to think Dan Quinn. I, the, the players loved him there. He knows what Carroll's about. 
Uh, he just feels like the most logical fit there. S- sometimes it just feels like you should just do the logical thing. And if you fail, it's like, well, it made all the sense in the world. What, what, you you, know, you cannot be blamed for making that hire. Right. If you're the guy pulling the trigger, like if you make an adventurous hire, you can be blamed for it later. You can get the credit too, but you can be blamed. If you hire Dan Quinn and it doesn't work out, nobody's blaming you. And I don't think it wouldn't work out. I think he's a good coach. No, I, I agree with that. Um, so then that leaves a couple of names that I think are interesting. By the way, the other name to watch for me in Carolina is their current DC Evero. Um, young. Absolutely. And like, if I'm him though, do I want that job? That, that to me is more what that's about. Um, or do you just figure, Hey, like we, our defense is pretty good. I've, I've respected in the building. And if it doesn't work out here, people are going to blame the owner, not me. So maybe I'll just take the money. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb here. He's going to be a head coach in the NFL within the next five years. I don't know if this is his cycle. Um, this is not a, you need to do it while you're hot situation. This is a, you're only going to get hotter situation, right? You think about like, Man, I mean, just just in Detroit with with Johnson sitting out the last cycle, it just made him even hotter this time around. I, I could see a similar situation playing out there. So then the other name that I think is intriguing that is not being mentioned. I mean, there's definitely some other ones that are intriguing and not being mentioned. But uh, I, I think the most intriguing, the one, like the one that makes the least sense to me that's not being mentioned right now is Dave Canellis, the OC in Tampa. He was the OC in Seattle. When Gino had his revival year two years ago, he goes to to Tampa, revives Baker this year. I would be super interested in and in interviewing him and kind of understanding: is this dude got the goods, or is he just a smart OC? Does like where are we at with him? He's only interviewed from what I can find, Michael, in Carolina, and maybe they they go after him. If I'm him, I might turn that down and bet on the fact that I'm going to be a hot name next year. But like, I'm kind of interested that Seattle hasn't thought like yeah let's bring him back yeah you know it it makes you wonder right that that in free agency right you're always looking you know is a team going to sign a guy if they if they want to re-sign a guy you want him and if they don't want to re-sign a guy you don't want him right that if that's the only piece of information you've got right oh he's available oh shoot that means the team that had him didn't want him we shouldn't sign him or they're trying to sign him yeah throw money at him like that's the guy we want try to pry him out of there um, I don't know. I don't have any inside information there. I do know if I were Carolina, I'd look long and hard there. You got a young quarterback that really needs some mentoring. You got a guy who gets the most out of quarterbacks. Um, I could see that being a very logical fit there for sure. No doubt. All right. Uh, last thing that I can think of real quick, unless I'm missing some major topic that we should be talking about. Um, but where do you think the enemy ultimately lands? Like he's, he's not going to be here as the OC, so he's going to probably be an OC somewhere. And also who gets a job first, him or Rivera? You know, I, I do think he's an OC somewhere. I agree with that. I don't think he'll be left without a seat. Some people are wondering like, a, oh my gosh, you know, is he going to have to go down to being a quarterback's coach or a lower level coach? I don't think so. I think there's an OC job for him out there. I, I don't know where it is, um, but, but I know he's respected in the league. And I, I think, look, what he did in Washington is fine. It's not a plus. It's not a minus. He was here. He was part of a bad situation. What happened in Kansas City this year where there was some pretty real regression early in the year, that's a point in his favor. Um, he gets teams ready to go from week one. Um, and you saw that here. Like There is no acclimation period. They are ready to go. He runs one of the few tough training camps left in football. That's why he's polarizing. But that's why his teams are ready to play week one and why the Chiefs weren't ready to play week one this year. Um, Rivera, I think, is an interesting one. I, look, 
you're going to want to talk to him for strategic reasons, if nothing else, because he's got a he's got a library of information about National Football League teams up there. Uh, so I think he's going to get a lot of interviews. Uh, I think ultimately he's a linebackers coach guy. I don't think he's a defensive coordinator somewhere, but I've been wrong before. So I'll I'll take the enemy first in that first level of hires. Rivera coming second as t- as people fill out their staff. Uh, I get the sense Rivera wants to coach though, so I think he will coach. No, I agree with that and. I think, like, the one thing that I can't get out of my head with Rivera more than anything else in terms of his potential viability as a coach is the people that I know who, and, like, I will name Logan by name because Logan said this into a microphone on our podcast multiple times. Like, the people that I know, Logan included, but Logan's not the only one, who have actually talked football with Ron, who, like, get past the the manager Like, let me speak to the manager. Actually, forget him. Let me speak to the football coach. Like, you get past the manager, you get past the BS, you get past the narrative chasing, and you actually talk football with the guy. He's really smart. And so, like, as a football coach, he's kind of intriguing. But will will the other stuff that he wasn't good at as a head coach get in the way? Like, has the game passed him by? He hasn't done it in a long time. Like, yeah, the defense was better in the final five weeks in Washington, but they still stunk and they lost all five games. So... I, like, I struggle with what to make of him going down a level or possibly two as a linebacker's coach or a D.C., whereas Biennemi, like, there's a dozen places that are going to have O.C. openings that I would, I would consider talking to the guy. He's such a logical fit in all of them. With Ron, too, you give him a linebacker's room, all six of those guys are going to run through a wall for him, like, by, by week three. Just guys love him, and part of it in Washington was he was spread too thin. He needed to be too many things to too many people. Uh, it didn't get, you remember when he left Carolina, it was just such a, like, everybody came out of the woodwork to share, like, how much he meant to them, how much of a mentor he was to them. And you heard some of those stories here, but it wasn't the same. He was spread too thin here. If you give, if you give me a little, some concentrated Ron Rivera, I, I know maybe the game's passed him by a little bit. I know maybe he's a little bit older, but dang, if you give me a room of six guys and let Ron mentor them, I, I do think they'll love him and run through a wall for him and it'll work out all right. Yeah, for sure. I was just trying to think of landing spots for EB, and I had to look up. Jacksonville fired all their defensive coaches. If they had fired, I and mean, their their OC Press Taylor is pretty well thought of, but damn, yeah. if I'm if I'm Doug Peterson and I can bring EB in as even if as an assistant head coach, I would do that in a second with Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback. Are you kidding me? You, you know, there there's so many teams that could benefit from that kick in the pants. That don't sleep on Cincinnati either. Uh, Cincinnati yeah. has an opening now. Uh, I could absolutely see that being a good fit for him. Uh, you know, a, a team that really underachieved to a large degree and, and maybe the window's closed in a little bit and uh, they, they need some fresh blood and a guy who's, who's not afraid to ruffle some feathers to, to get there. Like we always, I felt like we talked about it too often. Like that was a bad thing. Like he's willing to ruffle some feathers. There are some organizations out there that that would be a wonderful asset to their organization. hundred percent. Like you, you have to be willing to ruffle feathers. You also have to be willing to listen. And I think that's a part of the fear of him as, as a head coach is like, what happens when the feather ruffler is unchecked? Cause he's the lead guy. And I, and I do wonder like if that's kind of come up in interviews where coach like GMs are like, I don't know if I want that guy running the team, but I want him somewhere on staff. And like, you know, that's why some guys are great coordinators and other guys are great head coaches. And maybe EB would, would understand that. And he's a very, very smart man. Like, there's definitely 
Um, I think a level there there are levels that he could he could you know ride the elevator with. But I definitely agree with you that Cincinnati and, and some of these other places, like as these guys depart for head coaching gigs, there's a lot of good fits, and especially if you have a talented quarterback, like letting E B or having E B help that guy cook sounds like a, a good idea. All right, Michael Phillips is on nine ten the fan every single weekday from ten AM to noon he joins us weekly here on the hoffman show and we'll do that at least through the end of this coaching search which michael could be next week could be the week after who knows we could be talking all the way through february at this point we'll see we made the announcement on uh, our show we're taking it to the super bowl radio row uh, oh you are coming to vegas i will you be in vegas i'm going to vegas i'll see you in vegas let's go let's go go. what days are you being are you out there We'll be full Monday to Friday from Vegas. Nice. We're I'm going Wednesday to Friday. So we fly out Tuesday. Miss like Tuesday won't be on the air. I won't be. I'm sure like Doc or Linnell will be in and they'll do a great job because that's what they do. Uh but yeah. then Wednesday, Wednesday through Friday, we're in Vegas. I'm pretty pumped oh. about it. Yeah, and then and then I'm doing are you doing indie too? And I am not that I just want to say that is such a veteran move. Like the guests on Radio Row get exponentially better with every day. My guy Hoffman just like strutting in like all right, did we deal with the riffraff? I'm ready to make some radio now. Let's go. Let's go. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Sometimes sometimes the afternoon shows, it thins out a little bit. People are like, all right, I think being on West Coast time will help. Nothing no worse doubt. than being My- a morning radio show on West Coast time. You're just outside of that realm, but it could be a little sleepy at 7 a.m. on Radio Row in Vegas for you. I'll, I'll start up Radio Row, but uh, the, the part where I sign off uh, before lunch and have the rest of the day to, the day to myself, that part's not too shabby. No, that is that is true. All right, well, hopefully I'll see you before Vegas, probably at a coach introductory press conference. But if not, I'll see you in Las Vegas, Michael. Las Vegas, baby, let's go. Good chatting with you, Craig Hoffman. Uh, you as well, Michael Phillips. Thank you, sir. That is Michael Phillips, everybody, with us on the Hoffman Show. 10 a.m. to noon, you can listen to his show on 910 The Fan via the free Odyssey app. When we get back, uh, let's do this. Let's get you a little insight from, speaking of Logan Paulson, uh, some insight from him on these coaching candidates. Uh, So we will do that next, specifically on Mike McDonald. Uh, Went a little bit deeper on the Ravens and kind of what they do and what's made him special through the lens of the games this weekend. So that is next here on the Team 980.